This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. And as usual, I have the privilege to be joined by Sam. And we have just finished reading the book Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And so Marcus Aurelius was a Roman emperor from uh, 161 to 180. And so Meditations is his scrapbook of thoughts. It was written over 19 years. And it's, well, it's, you can see it as the notebook of a man with the weight of the Roman Empire on its shoulders, struggling to be good and leaving himself notes on how to be so. And so it's, it consists of 12 parts, which all consist of like different rules and different like just numbers, like one and then the sentence follows. It's usually pretty short. It's also not structured. So you can't read it like a manual or some kind of scientific paper. And it's, it's more as a, like a series of techniques and crutches to use to live a more fulfilling and tranquil life. So yeah, Sam, how's it going? It's good. Really like the book. It's... Yes, continue on. He, um, it's kind of it's just his notes to himself rather than he would he never actually wrote it for public consumption. Apparently, maybe he was thinking after I die it'll be great if some people like <laughs> philosophize over this. But mm-hmm. it seems like he was just sort of writing notes to himself on how to like do things that were causing him problems or seeing how stupid other people were and self congratulating himself on being wise. Who knows? So it's kind of yeah, as we said, not too structured, which. Perhaps he maybe would have organized it better if he was thinking, okay, how could I like teach someone to do all these things mm-hmm. rather than just mm-hmm. like, how can I like remind myself of what I should be doing? Either way, it's nice um, to see what's going on in someone's brain of those times and yes. all useful principles to be learning for sure. It's, yeah, I think you, you kind of do need to do something like we're doing now, discussing it or, or going further into it because of uh, it is surface stuff where you can kind of just read it all very quickly and forget it all pretty much instantly. Um, <laughs> If you don't dive further into it so hopefully mm-hmm. maybe you'll come to this podcast for that reason yeah i found the fact that it was very unstructured mm. resulted in a very non-casual read it was very difficult for me to get through so before this we read books which were more modern like written in the past decade and like written by authors who had the intention of you know telling a story or explaining certain concepts which made them very agreeable and very logical to follow and very structured as well. And so yeah. <laughs> this book is absolutely none of, none of the above. <laughs> yeah, if I was his editor, there would be some changes. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's structure this again. But yeah, I think you can sort of half do that ourselves in terms of yeah. taking out the main sort of points that he was trying to make and sort of consolidating them to, okay, and this is how you... Uh-huh. Yeah, to add on to that, I did some extra research on, on the book and I saw that a lot of people, like a lot of important people are a very big fan of the book and, and the works of, of Marcus Aurelius. And so I think that if, if you want to get into this type of stuff, you should consider it not as just read the book once and, and know it or, or get it. I think it's like you have to study it. And so you have to work on it. And I think what we did, what Sam and I did was we listened to the book and I would not recommend that. So I would get a physical copy and then like work through it slowly, you know, read one rule and think about what it meant. Because sometimes like you have to decipher really what it says, because the version that I listened to was written in in pretty like old English. 
and we use very like old concepts and words. <laughs> and so quite a lot. I just had, didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've researched a bit and like I found some quotes where it will give you like two different versions of the same quote and some of you're like, oh, wow, that's such a much nicer better way of saying it. <laughs> and, and yeah, so yeah, exactly. annoying. And so my main insights actually from the book came from listening to a summary. So after reading the whole book, I, I wanted to refresh my mind and I went for a summary. And so there I found one online by a channel called Vox Stoica. And it's amazing. And so I would highly recommend it. It takes 30 minutes. I would actually listen to this before you, you read the book. And it's going to help you tremendously because it lays out a lot of the main points. So I would definitely, yeah. oh, definitely do that. Just listen to the rest of this podcast where we then do this perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> You're being very stoic about it. It's fine. There you go. Principles. Yeah. Fame and desire is not worth pursuing as we learn in the book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good. So yeah, I mean, I think right now what I would like to do instead of going through all of the principles that Marcus Aurelius mentions in his books and that were summarized, I'd like to focus on ones that's, that apply to, to me specifically that I know, and then maybe you can also mention some of yours. So what is something that you, you took away from the book? The first one's quite a sort of Buddhist meditation. Well, it is called meditations, a Buddhist philosophy of like the evil that men do harms you only if you do evil in response and generally thinking about other people's actions and not really getting so concerned or caught up with them. So he's got a quote that's in, it's uh, silly to try to escape other people's faults. They are inescapable. Just try to escape your own. And I thought that was quite nice. And basically you can just leave other people's mistakes to their makers and just focus on yourself always, mm. mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a very good philosophy and something to, to meditate on. Definitely which was nice that he was thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. Fully agree. I think um, this follows from what we saw in uh, Epictetus. And mm. he actually made quite a few references to Epictetus. And so one of the first rules of Epictetus is that you cannot control um, what other people do, what other people think, what happens, what, what the world puts onto you. The only thing you can actually control is your reaction to it. And I think that is probably one of the essences of this book is that whatever happens your mind is in control of your reaction. And so if something harmful happens to you, your mind can make it so that it's actually not harmful, that it just happens to you. And so mm. it's only harmful when you allow it to be, basically. And I think that is like this principle you'll see in, in many, many of, of, of the, his meditations of his, of his rules. Mm. Yeah, so, well, going through that, and most of it's sort of about the mind. And he also talks about like your reaction to things. So he says like, the universe's change is like a big principle of what he's talked about. So one example is he says not to live as if you had endless years ahead of you, death overshadows you while you're alive and able be good. So listen, just to remember that like actually, yeah, everything does change and you will die, but mm-hmm. just, just be nice in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I think it's quite a longer one. It's like, why is anyone afraid of change What can take place without change? So what then is more pleasing than like just accepting the universal nature of this? And it goes on about like you, you're different before you take a bath and after you take a bath, et cetera. And then, but like essentially everything's always changing and you kind of just need to like allow things to happen as they happen and just focus on how you can change yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of his first and stronger quotes I found, no matter what anyone says or does, my task is to be good. 
Mm. It's one of the fundamentals of stoicism. Whatever happens to you, just do the good thing, do the right thing. Don't lie. Don't speak untruths. How do you do these things, Nico? <laughs> you wake up each morning and like, I'm going to be good always. Not necessarily, but I've I've I found that reading these philosophical books, like none of the philosophical books say like you you need to lie or it is okay to lie in some certain situations or mm. white lies can be allowed. Most of them are are pretty clear, and then they say like just avoid not speaking the truth. Yeah. Um, and it's something I found myself um, subconsciously doing. Like I really tried to avoid lying. And I, I, mm. I started feeling because I actually, when I was younger, I noticed that I, I cared so much about what other people thought of me that I would like make up stories or in, inflate stories or not mention shameful things in, in, in stories that I was telling just because I cared so much what other people thought. And I've noticed that over the years, as I grew up a bit, you know, I became more just not necessarily self-confident, but just like happy with myself and my limitations. Yeah. And I didn't feel the need to either inflate stories or lie about certain things. Yeah, I definitely get what you mean. As in, you do, you do feel like you get like more content in yourself and people kind of accept you or don't accept you and largely don't actually care about the difference of whether you sounded great in a story or not. They kind of like, <laughs> they want to know the point of the story and what your role in is it is in it they don't really often care that much and so it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what you're saying so yeah it's a good good principle to learn partly from just maturity it's hard to learn necessarily from just being told that that's what you should do yeah it also like never lying or absolutely like, actively avoiding to lie makes for a more like peaceful and tranquil life yeah like you don't have anything to hide right because you so you're just yourself you just do your thing because i remember like at some point i I lied to my parents about my my school results, mm. and it's it made like it was horrible, you know, because I I could never be completely open because I like I had to retake exams that they didn't know that I had to retake and stuff, and so it, it's <laughs> like you have constantly have to be on edge. Yeah, uh, and so it was cool. very silly of me to do that. Yeah, and and so yeah, now that I I, I really try to avoid lying, it's there's not much for me to mm. to think or be conscious about, you know. Yeah. The the other Sam Harris has a book all about lying. It's a really short book. It's literally like an hour and a half sort of podcast. Mm -hmm. But he basically just sort of says you should never really lie. And it's, it's a good principle. And yeah, there are times when it's awkward when it comes to like gifts and things. But if you sort of mm -hmm. go about it the right way, it's okay. I, I think I I kind of am almost too much of not lying and honest, like just straight up with the truth. Like, I just don't want this. Why did you get this? <laughs> and <laughs> and shit probably get better at being more tactful around these things mm. um but he also talks about i think one of his good points that i had, was making recently to my business partner who sometimes i guess like i've got more of an attitude where i just want to know everything that's wrong and i'm not really that concerned about what i've done right like mm. i just want to fix things where he's a bit more like he needs a bit more sort of comforting going along as if mm. i was like oh yeah this is good first and mm. to get a bit annoyed with me when i'm just pointing out bad things and but I'm like, well, wouldn't you want me to kind of do this in the long run? Because of, I mean, I don't really tell my mum some things or ask for her opinion because I know she's always going to be like, oh, that's great, Sam. And <laughs> it's like, it's not very useful for me if I want to know if something's actually good. And like, mm. what, what's the point if, or, if I always just say it's good? Like, you're never really actually going to know or you're not going to improve in these things. And 
like it's much more valuable to have the opinion of someone that you know always tells the truth than it is to have the opinion of someone who like lies and you know actually know what they're saying mm-hmm. yeah i fully agree it's good point mm. nice one sam harris <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good I, one sam yeah one rule that i took away was don't retreat from the world if others do you harm they do so out of ignorance against their will they and you will be dead soon anyway above all they haven't really hurt you as they haven't diminished your ability to choose and so in the essence one of the things you can take from this quote is that you should try and keep good qualities of others in mind and so that's something i've I've realized not not so long ago, actually, and I actually haven't been very good at, at keeping in mind, but I, I tend to be quite judgmental about people, where if I see someone doing something wrong, I immediately ascribe their whole personality as, as negative and, and yeah. not necessarily evil, but I, I, I tend not to be very good at keeping in mind that every person first like if they do something bad, it's usually because they think it's well, it's always because yeah. they think it's good well. Almost always, not not a lot of people are able to do bad things, and and while they know it's bad, so that's one point. And then second, everyone is better at you at something. There's you can learn something from everyone, and I think that's something I, I tend to forget, and I should keep in mind more because mm. if you keep that in mind, if you think about every person that that person has something valuable to bring to me, you'll be just more nice, uh, way nicer to everyone, and you'll respect people more, and it's it should be super beneficial. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a hard one and as humans we are kind of designed to kind of take things a bit more at surface level but there's usually a, a really good reason for whatever people are doing that we probably can't think about exactly i think uh, we talked about this on the previous episodes you know mm. parts about ra- racism where we tend as humans to be pattern seekers and usually we oversimplify things on given given certain information so we get a certain amount of information about someone and we draw like immediate conclusions of it and i think just trying to keep in mind that every person could potentially teach you something and also has like the uh, correct mindset like tries to do what they believe is right i think makes you a much nicer person in general just keeping that in mind is going to change the way you act mm. yeah have there been any ways that you've been able to do that recently like you've seen someone that's being an idiot and you've been like actually i'll just be nice to them and <laughs> i think for me the most value valuable application of this principle would be not necessarily um seeing someone being a dick and thinking that they might be doing the right thing because i don't really engage with people <laughs> who i perceive to be to be like stupid people it's more of I tend to sometimes, let's give an example. I'm I'm relatively experienced in CrossFit. Mm. And so when I do CrossFit and there's people who are new to CrossFit, like you're in an environment focused around CrossFit and there's immediately like a hierarchy where you have people who are mm, very good yeah. at CrossFit at the top and people who are not so good at CrossFit yet at the bottom. And so you tend to like, in a way, feel superior to these people because you're more experienced at the things that you're doing right now. But <laughs> this doesn't at all make them like less valuable as a person because you're now doing CrossFit, but a lot of the people in my CrossFit class are artists. And so like about art, like I don't know anything. And so if we were in some kind of art environment, they'd be able to teach me so much. So it's, it's, it's not right of me, even if it's subconsciously to, to 
have like some kind of superiority feeling although i might mm. just might be more experienced at this one tiny thing you know yeah, yeah it's a really strange like thing when you're doing something with someone for a long time like working with them and they're like above you but then you go somewhere else and you're like oh <laughs> you can't even swim and <laughs> and sort of like just the way like these things completely change like what your value is like it's quite interesting when i climbed the matterhorn with my guide like he doesn't get paid loads he like, makes all right money but he like drives around this like terrible car and sort of yeah, he has to drive it like once a week to go pick people up and doesn't really have that much stuff. And so he sort of comes across like kind of poor and had like lots of old gear. But then like when he's on the mountain, he's like the mountain guide and they're kind of like the king of the mountains. Like they get like mm. special privilege and like the entire time you're with him, you're just like, what's this guy doing? I don't know. And like anyone's <laughs> there like asking for advice. So he spends most of his time being a king. And you're mm. like, well, if 95% of the time you're like the guy, that's, that's a pretty good life <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite funny to sort of mm-hmm. think about it as I was pondering my <laughs> existential death <laughs> on the side of yeah. the, the mountains. Like, oh, could could be about this guy. <laughs> it's true. I think for this particular person, like his biggest achievement might be the fact that he is like the king of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And actually, it might be useful to treat everyone in in the thing that they're good at. Like mm. you know, everyone is like the king of something. Yeah, um, yeah. Or at least very good at something. And if you treat everyone specifically for that part that they're, they excel at, I think, well, the thing is, I feel like these principles are not really like a handbook on how to treat people or how to live a good life. It's more like if you keep this in mind, your actions will change. And these changed actions would actually result in you treating people better, yeah, people better having less stress, etc. And I think that's what powerful, what's so powerful about these, these meditations. Yeah. He has a quote that sort of sounds something exactly like that as in like, it's all about your intentions and like what you think rather than like what you specifically do because that then drives mm. what you do yeah i don't think i did write down that quote but yes you said good <laughs> <laughs> nice one another one that ended up sort of inspiring like the book the obstacle is the way is the impediment to action advances action so like the problems that you have actually kind of advance you like ability to deal with problems and you basically like the next sentence is what stands in the way becomes the way, hmm. which um, is a very good principle. And hence why it's a whole book about the obstacle is the way if you sort of moving forward is by like dealing with problems because life is just problems. And I, I found it super interesting actually, because it was the first time I, I really like saw it on paper, this, this kind of principle. Hmm. So it was completely new for me. And so I haven't really thought it through yet, but I feel like it could be very powerful indeed. Like, and so what if the applications of that specific rule, you know, the obstacle is the way, is, the way, is that when something bad happens, instead of thinking, oh, you know, something bad happens, poor me. Instead of that, you think, good. What am I able to do with this? So yeah, yeah, how, exactly. how can I use this in my advantage? Never thought about that principle before. It's very mm. interesting. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, like, you know, going to the gym is like throwing obstacles in your way anyway it's like to train yourself to get harder and like so you, mm-hmm. you the problem is when you you plan a day where you're going to do like xyz for your business but then like five other things come in and they become problems and they suck you back and you're like oh shit this is just annoying and in a way but like actually it's like well that is like the plan that you need to go through for the day and these are the problems that you need to deal with after all and mm-hmm. that's the bigger problem that you're not very good at planning because you're failing to like think of what it is you actually need to do with your day and, and if you start like thinking about that you can be a much better master of your day if you actually think about things rationally Mm. so yeah it's a nice principle and i think it also makes it easier to fail Mm. because 
it allows you to see a failure as something good, you know, you learn something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, certainly builds you or there's maybe like other things, the other side of it that you haven't thought of is in like, you probably didn't plan for this to happen, but you're not quite sure what will happen next. And often like you can get like much stronger afterwards. Go. Mm-hmm. Remember I had, I think Y Combinator talk about like crisis periods instead of companies where there's usually two or three times where they basically think it's going to fail and like they can't even see how it's going to succeed, but then like it does. And um, mm-hmm. certainly when I interviewed the CEO, Grays, they like, they had two major like events where they're like literally our entire business model is screwed. We're never going to like work out. And then, but like it ended up making them way stronger. So I think mm. the first one, there was like a load of postal strikes and they started as like a fresh fruit company that would deliver like fresh fruit to your office. And so they had to change to be like dried things. And now like they are literally like a dried food snack company of like healthy dried food. And like, they're like huge mm. in every single supermarket across America and like Europe and stuff. And, that could have never have happened if they're just doing like fresh fruit snacks. <laughs> and so it actually like completely empowered them to be who they became. But at mm-hmm. the time they're like, shit, we can't, <laughs> like our business is fucked. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's funny that you can't see these things in the moment yeah. sometimes. I have another one. Another principle of Marcus Aurelius is be open to correction. Uh, so you shouldn't view changing your mind as losing. And I think that's, mm. that's one that <laughs> I violate probably on a daily basis. I'm very, very bad at this. Like I really like debating and having discussions yeah. and I really did dislike admitting, okay, I've changed my mind. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Uh, and this is one that I really need to work on. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. It's a hard one. Cause as a human, you always think that you're kind of open to things that you're thinking the right thing. It's a confusing one. Uh, I was thinking about this, like, I don't know about you. I remember being a child and um, looking in the mirror. And like, if you look at your eyes, you can never look at not your eyes mm-hmm. when you're looking in the mirror. One eye, you can't, no, no. So if you look, if you look like, your eyes will always follow if you're looking I, at the same yeah, spot. Like you can't yeah, ever yeah. not look at like the, the side of your eye or something. And I remember just being kind of confused as it and like trying to like beat it by like kind of looking away and like trying to like glance <laughs> and like you just couldn't break the, sort of, yeah. the undefeatable like constant of likes. It's so fast. And it's the same way with like your thoughts. You can never think that you're wrong like in the moment because mm. you, you can mm. think that like what I was thinking before is wrong, but now what I'm thinking mm. is right. It's impossible as a human to think that you're wrong about something like in the moment kind of thing. And it's just mm-hmm. like a sort of like this weird, like impractical thing that you can't actually ever get over as a human. And like no one's ever written a book like and thought that they're doing the wrong thing at the time that they're writing kind of thing. It's a... Uh, it's kind of funny mm, one when you start thinking yeah. about it. Like, no one's been like, oh, I don't know about this, but I'm going to write a chapter about it. It is all wrong anyway. <laughs> like, I'll say like, oh, well, this is what I think is right. And perhaps like there could be something that's wrong, but actually it's probably right because I think I'm right. And yeah, it's just a hard one to really conceptualize. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think um, when you were talking, I felt like if you're having a discussion and you differ on like w- with someone on a certain subject, the subject usually follows out of some like facts and statements that you with your rational mind make a conclusion on. And so I think following what you said, the only way to change your opinion, I think is not necessarily, so you, you can't change your rational conclusion out of a certain amount of facts. It's like uh, one plus two plus three equals six, you know, 
the only way you can like the the addition is not going to change like one plus two is always going to be three the only way you might be able to change the six at the end is going to be if you change either like one of the numbers at the beginning mm. you get what i mean so it's it, i think yeah. that might be what you're saying right where you base a conclusion on a certain amount of, of facts or premises or ideas and the only way you can change your opinion on something if some, someone proves to you that you shouldn't be doing one plus two plus, plus three but two plus two plus three mm. and that'll, that might be able to change your opinion yeah does that make sense yeah it does i like it cool something to think about yeah <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, feeling wiser than yesterday <laughs> <laughs> good times nice okay were there any other points that you felt like discussing there's some some small quotes i have one cherish the freedom and liberty of everyone which means don't be inattentive and be in the mind of the speaker and so this is something again that i, I tend not to do very well it is that again it's, it's, a, it's a point before where you think that everyone um does the things that they believe that are right you know and so i think if you go through life when someone says something to you just putting yourself in the shoes of the speaker consistently before reacting i think is going to change your life completely Mm. And for me, I, I, I almost always, when someone does something, I, I always look at it from my perspective. I made judgments from there. And if ever <laughs> I'm, I'm wise or patient enough to just put myself in the shoes of the speaker, it changes the way I react to it every time. And I think that's a super, super valuable principle. Mm. Definitely. Are you doing anything? I'm, <laughs> I'm quite enjoying actually sort of taking this further because I think it's not that practical to just sort of as in like the problems that we had to just say, oh, this is a point. It was a good point. As in like, it's nice to actually say, okay, how does this come up in your life? What's the story? Because I feel like I learned a lot more. And maybe as a listener, it's like, get some insights. It's, I think this principle is, like this principle alone, I think is the basis of the book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People Mm. by Dale Carnegie. And so I think if you want to really apply it, I think it would be useful to, to read that book. So for me personally, I'm actually... I've read this book. I've read the the How to Win Friends and Influence People, and I still feel like I'm very lacking when it comes to applying this methodology, where you try and every time put yourself in the shoes of others. I wonder what would be a good way to start learning these principles when it comes to helping you in in your relationships with others and how to react mm. to others, right? Like, yeah. how, how could you? put this into life but it's, it's like a habit yeah i mean i certainly in talking a lot about things and sort of trying to like withhold judgment when something you kind of know is annoying you think okay well this is annoying me but like let's pretend i'm not annoyed and talk about mm-hmm. what you perceive like with a non-violent communication mm. and then let the person tell you why they're doing it or something and then it sort of seems so like I went blackberry picking and it took me like half an hour to pick probably not that many blackberries because it took so long. I kind of had a high value on them. But then my flatmate was like, we buy like frozen blackberries and stuff. So he shoves loads in the freezer. He just like shoves them all in like, cause we didn't want to buy any more blackberries cause we had some fresh ones. So he just shoves them all in the smoothie. And I'm like, fuck man, <laughs> that's like half an hour of my time. Why have you done that? So, much? <laughs> so I've, to me, they felt like like 20 quids worth of blackberries. So they're like, honestly speaking, it's like still two pounds to go and buy them. But he's just like, <laughs> rather clear the freezer before buying more ones but it was like yeah, annoying yeah. me but then like it was like so yeah this whole blackberry thing you, you know that took me like quite a long time to pick them and stuff he's like oh yeah i just could have thought like it'd be good to like mm. not have like more stuff in the freezer like if we've got blackberries and like 
yeah, it's probably what you're thinking. I probably shouldn't be like getting <laughs> pissed off. I should probably just either say that like just don't touch my blackberries ahead of time or mm-hmm. like accept that like they are just there and we normally have them. So that's what's going to happen. And no, I'm going to get annoyed by it instead of just sort of loll at myself for being an idiot. Uh, yeah, I feel like in, in this situation, because that's a perfect example, right? Mm. I think in this situation, meditating, and so not the meditations of the book, but the practice of meditating in, in the Buddhist, like mindful kind of way is probably very helpful where you are able to assess your emotional response to things. Yeah, exactly. And, and realize that these feelings can be avoided or put aside or accepted and then act rational. Mm. And I think the way that you described it was, was perfect. Like you're angry at first and then you're, you're able to think, okay, I'm angry. Okay. What if I wasn't angry? <laughs> and then, and then, and then continue and then it, it all makes sense. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It was, uh, I'm definitely not as good as I was when I first finished the Vipassana, but like by the end of the Vipassana, you basically become convinced that every time you feel annoyed about something, it's just like sort of like a mind puzzle or something like a Sudoku to just work out how you can not mm. be annoyed by mm. it. And there's always a way to not be annoyed by what's mm. going on in your surroundings, <laughs> like always. And you just sort of need to like sit and think about it for like a few minutes and you can usually come up with a way to be like, actually, it's fine. <laughs> and mm. It's really funny. It's a good practice. Get caught by it. And it's one of those things that sort of is reinforcing is when you kind of fall into like getting annoyed by things. But then when you start like having that conversation, it's just you should start getting better at having that conversations with your partner or whatever. And like you sort of, when you get the feedback of feeling good afterwards and being like, oh, we were both kind of annoyed about something and now we're not, you sort of start doing it more often because you know like you're feeling bad and you want to get to the good feeling and you get to the good feeling by talking about it. And so you sort of train yourself by doing it, which is nice, but you just have to start doing it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, good. We we've come up with some more examples on those things. Handy. Nice. I guess I've only got like two other things sort of related to some of the stuff we've spoken about. One was we all love ourselves more than we love other people. Mm. And yet we care more about their opinion than our own. Which is, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. super cool. So true. Mm. So true. I feel like in, in 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 the world of social media, this is even more the case, yeah. and even more destructive to to general well being of people. Hundred percent. It's such a weird thing because I mean, even before social media, you still like you hold yourself to way higher standards and do things that you wouldn't like do to others, mm. and the way you judge yourself, despite the fact that you also conversely do the opposite yeah you also like allow yourself on a lot of other things where you don't judge other people where you get like pissed off by people doing one thing even though you go and do the exact same thing like finishing someone else's milk but like getting <laughs> pissed off when they finish your milk or hmm. cutting traffic or i don't know and any of these things that you're like oh you have a reason for doing it at the time but then yeah see someone yeah. else and it pisses you off i feel like because I've, I've i really like that quote and i was wondering like why is it like why is it this case how come people attach so much importance to what other people think and i, I think the answer is actually quite simple and it's just elephant in the brain you know we could not survive on our own mm. we might be able to now but we could not survive on our own and so we had to be social we had to be liked we had to be seen as important as valuable and i think social media gives us the tools to from our you know, from our from our bedroom, lying in bed, to be able to seek encouragement or seek the approval of others, and I think that gives mm. us a great feeling. And I think, in terms of survival, and this is not the same as well-being. I think in terms of survival, it's more important what others think of you 
than what you think of yourself. Yeah. Uh, however, in terms of well-being, it's the other way around. Yeah, it's a sort of bit of a conundrum, but definitely, like your status in tribes will affect like whether people help you and all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How much food you got? Mm. I like food, so I'd be like, I had been an ass kisser in a tribe. <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe that's why like kids can be so annoying. But like, like most of the kids that you know who are like complete dicks when they were young are like pretty like agreeable these days. <laughs> and if you sort of meet mm-hmm. them, they're like, oh, you can fit into society. Like, but you're an idiot <laughs> the whole time. What's going on? But, that's me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, as far as I fit into society right now. I yeah, mean. and then we're lying to your parents around the thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kick you out the tribe by now if you're just being a dick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Do you have any other specific things? I have one more with with which I would like to end. But uh, okay, so just just pre pre ending. Ambition means tying your well being to what other people say or do. Sanity means tying it to your own actions, which relates to the last quote really mm. a little bit, but it was nice. You, you can you can say your your big quote. Yeah, no, I just want to say that I also wrote your quote, the one that you just said, Dan. I think I think oh. it, it was very interesting. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting. Well, it's not the one with that which one I wanted to end. Oh right, uh, sorry. I okay. already also wrote it down as uh, as interesting. All right, okay. I think uh, the final quote of Marcus Aurelius. Drum roll. Stop thinking about what the good man is. Just be one. So we're now talking about what we should do and what people should do and how people should change to be more stoic, more like Marcus Aurelius. And I think we should stop talking, start doing, Sam. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's good, it's good to think about how we could apply these rules to our own lives. And now it's even more important to just start doing it instead mm-hmm. of just talking about it. Definitely. Glad that we did a bit of chatting around these things. Yeah, that's interesting. I liked um, I like talking uh, about it with you. It's uh, very useful. It makes it again more clear. Mm, yeah. So if you want to get this book and and get the principles of Marcus Aurelius, read the book, read the summary, and then discuss it with a friend. Exactly. Boom. That's what we would recommend. Yeah. And then because and we're going to assume that you finished the podcast, so you can actually skip the summary. Perhaps you can just read the book and then discuss it with someone. There you mm. go. All right. <laughs> Rating. Go ahead, Sam. I, my rating is so confusing. I, I'm confused to what system. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll go with my high system that I've generally been sticking to. And like, I'm like, oh, I need to get lower. I guess seven then on trying to do my more, my new lower system. It's really good if you do things like discuss. If you just read mm. it quickly, it's it's not very useful. And certainly, can, I mean, having read a lot of the other Stoics, I think it's a bit easier. And having read like Ryan Holiday, The Obstacle is the Way, just like the sort of the modern version perhaps where he has like structured it as a book of how to actually implement these principles. It's obviously, it's, it's not, if you wanted to read one book and become stoic, I would say read the obstacle is the way rather than reading this book. But if you want to like actually learn how it all happened and where it came from and what was going on in this guy's head, then it's an awesome book. And mm. certainly he was a genius. So I feel like I want to give people a higher ratings just because I like them rather than because of the book. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a bit more like, actually, how good was this book at the service level of what I got took from it? So yeah, yeah seven. Yeah, long. long right. You just said the number. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's, your views are interesting. I think for me, 
if I would just have read it like that or listened to it, mm. I'd probably have given it like a two. Because after listening to it, I it was it was very hard to listen to and I struggled to, to get through it. However, after reading a summary, talk about it with you, I'll give it a six. And I think the ideas expressed in the book are worth way more, but still it's it's not structured enough and 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 so I would, I would, I'm going to stick with my six, but I think it's very valuable. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. And I think if you are willing to put the time in and to study this, it's going to be worth your while. It's going to definitely make you wiser than yesterday. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's one of those things that if you, if you read it repeatedly, if you treated it like your Bible or something and like mm. actually took each sort of thing and like at any point in time, you'd have like the right quote for the right thing. And you were just mm. like, yes, it would be like perfect to be fair. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. So it's a funny how to judge things exactly because like, there's a lot of books that like are really good but wouldn't really practically help you with all life. But if you were to like really get into one book, like actually it would be pretty good for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Yeah. Very good. Moving on. That uh, <laughs> that that runs up the episode. But so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end again with a quote. Stop thinking about what the good man is like and be one. And we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Ciao. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As you know, we are doing this to try and help you get smarter. Well, I have another project for podcast listeners just like you who want to be smart. Nico and I learned so much from reading the same things together and discussing them, and I wanted there to be a tool that made it easy for anyone to listen to the same podcasts and books together with their friends. So I'm building the app Syncify, which does just that. It connects you with your friends in the app listen to the same things at the same time, or create shared playlists and work through them at your own pace. You can share comments and highlights of your favorite bits and become smarter by seeing what your friends think around the same content that you enjoy. As a bonus, it also helps with your mental health and reduces isolation. Personally, I hate publishing my life on social media, which I find all rather antisocial and I don't go out of my way to phone a friend for no reason other than the fact I feel lonely. But I do love doing things with other people, and having my friends listen to the same things is is really awesome. I mean, I used to speak to Nico like once a year before we started this book club together, and now we talk all the time because we're just doing something together. So do yourself a favour and sign up for the Syncify app at syncifyapp.com, and I really hope it helps. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show or learned anything new, be sure to share it with your friends. And I just can't tell you how great it is if you were to happen to leave a review on iTunes. These really do help quite a lot. If you have any questions or books that you'd like us to read, feel free to reach out to us through the website, wiserpod.com, or reach out to us on LinkedIn. And just keep loving and keep learning, and ideally, keep listening. Big love from Sam and Nico and the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Mm-hmm.